Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, 30-plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves, and freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road, Road Muscle, Muscle Radio is on the air. From the magnificent Calic Media offices located right down here next to hell. Welcome to Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves. And I am Brett Hatfield. Be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and at RoadMuscleRadio.com for links, our blog. We've got car events listed, and of course, you can find our podcasts there. Now, coming up in this episode of Road Muscle Radio, we've got Who Started Muscle Cars, arguably. (laughs) (laughs) The 24 Hours of Lemons wants to be electric. Sure does. This is not your father's Volvo. And a new auction site from one of the big boys in classic cars, which will be interesting to take a peek at. Yeehaw. In segment two, uh, we're going to do just a quick recap of Greaserama 2020. They celebrated its 20th year of gears, grease, and good times. Speaking of right next door to hell, <laughs> a little toasty. Oh, my God. A I, little toasty. I was out on Saturday. That's where I, uh, there are three interviews that I got. It was just super nice people. They had cars that interested me. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I got to be honest. I was really selfish. I'm like walking around and I am dripping. I am. It's yeah. like you're dying almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, So much for that shower. Oh, my God. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to talk to people whose cars I really dig. And that's what I did. Uh, got hold of a dude with a 55 gasser. I'm wearing his hat right now. And um, had a dude with a, uh, and, I'm sorry, a man and his wife. And they're just sweet 59 Edsel. And then the third one was just a weird car that I, I loved how it was chopped. Had no idea what it was. Thought it was a Chevy. I was dead wrong. So uh, we'll play the interviews from them. And uh, just share some of the love for Grease Ram. It's a good group of people and a very fun event. They had a really good turnout, even though, uh, you know, we've got the COVID. And, oh, and then there's just the, the heat. Screw the COVID. It was the heat. You know the guy I hate to see at that show? It's the guy who's walking around. He's wearing a T-shirt, chucks, and jeans, and he's not sweating. <laughs> he looks just dry and cool like he stepped out of a fridge. And you're thinking... How do you do that? I'm dripping so bad. My glasses, oh. I finally took them off because I'm like, why? It's like trying to look through the rain. Oh, being, being outside this weekend, I, I was sweating like I was being held at gunpoint. <laughs> well, you did some fun stuff this weekend, though, uh, while you were sweating. Well, yeah, we did. Uh, played with cars, played with bikes, did all the normal stuff. We had the big end-of-summer neighborhood Labor Day barbecue thing in our cul-de-sac. And I think I cooked my hand to about medium rare. There's no hairs left on those knuckles. Those <laughs> won't come back for a while. And uh, while I, I was cooking and had burgers and dogs and everything going, uh, the wife snuck up behind me with a birthday cake and had the entire damn neighborhood sing happy birthday to me. So that was pretty cool. Thanks out to Rhonda. I appreciate that, Aww. sweetheart. That was very nice. And it's your birthday tonight, so happy birthday. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 36 again. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Every penny of it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, good weekend, but steamy, baby. Oh, God, yeah. oh, it was steamy. And then 
Flip side, welcome to Kansas, baby. Uh, high yesterday, I think, was 92, 93. High today, 57. It has been quite the change. Yeah, no kidding, man. When, when I have to close the windows because it's getting a little too cold. Uh, turn and, the fans off. Yeah. All that, and you're like, Jesus, where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, 2020? Uh, although I'm not complaining. No, no, no. Uh, windows hard. will be open tonight. Fans will be on. Yeah. And I will rediscover jammy pants. Thank you very I'm, much. I am looking forward, actually, to uh, grabbing my pipe. Some of my tobacco from cigar and tobacco. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to go just take a chair and sit in my damn driveway like the King of Sheba and just kind of look oh, at the if, world. For if a you think while. there won't be a cigar on the back porch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's you. Yes. <laughs> Quite. I, uh, I just, I, well, I went to Greaserama on Saturday, like I was talking about. Yes, yes. So I, uh, I, I played Sweatmaster and I won. Um, <laughs> took, a, took a whole lot of pictures, talked to some very nice people, got my ass home and chilled for the rest of the night. And then, uh, uh, did, you know, housework and this and that. You know what? I am, uh, I, I, I can't weld. I'm not really great at drywall either. <laughs> Just mudding drywall. Really? It's not the prettiest thing I've ever done. There's going to be a lot of sanding. Um, uh, You know who is good at drywall? No. Your co-host. Oh, really? I am great You son of a drywall. bitch. You should have told me that sooner. <laughs> well, I didn't know you needed it. <laughs> yeah, I see how you played it. You I, are a smart do I man. To, do I need to show up with the mud bucket and knives? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring the pizza and the beer. Okay. Oh, all righty. We can work that out. But uh did all that, and then I did discover one thing about cars. What's that? That uh, Facebook marketplace. Mm-hmm. You know how you could look around 100 miles around wherever you were, and I, yeah. I was all smart and everything because you can go city by city. Yep. Did you know they expanded it to 500 miles? Oh, that's new. Yes, it is, Daddy. Oh, boy. And, <laughs> <laughs> once I discovered that, I'm like, oh, my God, now I can really, you know, target my searches specific, you know, 1955 <laughs> to 56, Plymouth, you know, within you, 500 miles. If you go 400, yes. if you go 500 miles, that's a 500 mile circle. It's a radius. That's a thousand miles. Yes, it is. Oh. And it makes me really happy because, oh, yeah, uh, I, I, I found a 56 Plymouth that I'm trying to, uh, uh, get the people to get hold of me. It's in Illinois and it's, you know, it's, it's a bottom dollar. We're going to 56 P. We're going to, we're hooking that trailer up to the navigator, aren't we? The one that I burnt, that 56 Plymouth, that just was a nightmare, and, mm-hmm. I, and I made my money back in parts rather than having a car. Uh, this one already runs. Oh. Uh, it's, a, it's a 56 Plymouth Savoy, and it's an automatic, so it's not even three. And it's a, it's a six-banger, flathead six, but it's got the, the push-button uh, oh, transmission and dude. all that. And I'm like, you know what? At that price, Co- I just, I just it, need to know the rust. Is I just it cosmetically Okay. It's cosmetically okay. It's much like the one that I bought it because looking at the body, I'm like, oh, hell. Hey, that's uh, that's actually the paint's in better condition. That's paint I could live with for a while. Okay. Whereas on the other one, it was like, oh, bad paint, <laughs> but no holes. That's, no, that, that's not paint. That's patina. <laughs> so between that and I've got some backups just in case. So we'll, we'll see well, what happens. One so. other thing I did this weekend is I was getting the Moogglide ready for. Oh, yeah? Uh, this coming Saturday, all you folks who are listening, it is the Gardner, Kansas American Legion Riders. Oh, uh, it is nice. our annual Legion hop uh, at Gardner American Legion Post 19, Leroy Hill. Uh, Leroy Jenkins. You need to be there between about 8 and 8.30, 9 o'clock registration. If memory serves, kick stands up at 10 o'clock. 
will probably wind up riding about 100 to 150 miles with lots of stops to uh, refresh yourself. Uh, and, and it'll be uh, courtesy of Missouri now getting rid of helmet laws. It will be both sides of the state line. Oh, wow. So lots of scenic riding. You'll get in some of the Missouri hills and uh, woods and everything else. That is this coming Saturday. What is that? The 12th, I believe. I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, somewhere around there. Yeah. It doesn't seem to matter yeah, anymore. <laughs> this, this coming Saturday, Gardner, Kansas, Leroy Hill post 19, uh, American Legion hop. Again, registration starts at nine o'clock. Uh, there will be a small donation and all of the money earned will wind up going to veterans charities. Oh, dude, that's very cool. So please, if you have a chance, check out, uh, again, post 19 Leroy Hill. You can check it out on Facebook or you can go to their website. Uh, and I don't have that in front of me. So check it out on Facebook <laughs> <laughs> and see. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, this past week in news, it's been fairly busy, which is also kind of nice. Muscle cars, uh, whose fault is it that muscle cars exist? Well, according to hotcars.com, it's all of us. It's Oldsmobile's fault. Good on Oldsmobile. You can blame Oldsmobile for your need for speed. Yeah. When Old launched, when Olds uh, launched the rocket overhead valve V8 engine in the late 1940s, V8s, rather than straight eights, caught on like fire. Uh, hot rodders, race cars, and soon enough manufacturers started competing, competing with Oldsmobile, uh, started working on their own overhead valve V8s. Now, that's part of the different story, too, because those uh, uh, flatheads, you'd had V8s, yeah. but they were all flatheads. And when the overhead valves really kicked in, yes. all of a sudden there was a sense of real muscle. Now, you could argue that the engine alone is responsible for the true start of the muscle car wars, but there's more to the story than just the engine. The phrase, win on Sunday, sell on Monday, uh, became synonymous with a number of racing series that ran modified versions of road cars that ordinary people could buy. Now, remember, that's how NASCAR kind of started. Well, when they that, called them stock cars, they were stock cars. Well, that and uh, <laughs> moonshine runners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, my friends, for keeping us well oiled. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thank you, all you Southern boys. <laughs> Well, we can trace the idea that the phrase represents the winning car will sell better than the rest back to 1949 when Oldsmobile launched the 5.0 uh, rocket V8 engine in the 88 coupe, thus creating the Rocket 88. And it was a car so good, even, you know, uh, Ike Turner wrote a song about it. <laughs> Ike and Tina. What's blood got to do with it? <laughs> 1951 was when that came out. Now, the Rocket V8 was an overhead valve design, which gave it much more power and efficiency than the flathead V8s uh, that most other manufacturers were using at the time. The engine had much higher compression, uh, giving it massive performance potential. And then you pair that with the lightweight of the Oldsmobile chassis. Uh, the 49 Olds went to the front of the grid in NASCAR, winning six races in 1940, 10 in 1950, and 20 races in 1951. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, as a stock car. Uh, finally, around 1951, you know, other competitors start to catch up because they're figuring this stuff out. Uh, and namely, Hemi. Hemi. <laughs> it wouldn't take long before. <laughs> that's why I should always say Hemi. For Hemi. <laughs> but that's too close to Timmy. Yeah, it is. And uh, I've got a great story about that for later. <laughs> for later. <laughs> Post-recording. Uh, 1951, GM put out the legendary Chevy small block V8 in 1955. And, uh, and that's, you know, you can still get those. Oh yeah. 
uh, well, you can still get Hemis, but even this one kind of back the size it was, you can still get. Sure, the other automakers had their eye on the V8 prize, but uh, according to this article, and I think it's got some credibility, Oldsmobile got there first. That makes them the daddy-o of the muscle. You know, there are a lot of people who will argue it started with the GTO in 63, you know, putting a, a, a hot engine in a Tempest. Yeah. But if you start looking at it, Hemi engines came before that. I, even even the uh, the Impala SS came out in 61. There were a handful of 409s in them, and that predated that GTO by a couple of years. So you start working your way back through the bigger the bigger engines and the hotter cars. You get back into the 40s. Muscle cars been around a lot longer than oh, most yeah. people think. Oh, yeah. Hot Rod's been around. And that, uh, the one that they're talking about here, that Oldsmobile, the Rocket 88, its first iteration was a 303. Yeah. So, you know, that 55 Plymouth I had was what, a 273 V8? High fire, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> High fire, but heavy bitch. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it, yeah, it, it, it had its uh, work cut out for it. But uh, this thing, that's a pretty good size engine to, to start with. Well, this is uh, this comes to us from the Baltimore Sun, and it's about a couple of my buddies, which I always like to see. Uh, you know, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. But when life gives you 500 bucks, you get a lemon and you make a freaking race car out of it. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I, I got it. I just love these guys. Uh, from the BaltimoreSun.com comes an update on the 24 hours of lemons. If you all aren't familiar uh, 24 Hours of Lemons, or Le Mans, depending upon how you're pronouncing it, yeah. uh, is a race series that revolves around the idea that you only spend $500 on your car outside of safety equipment. You know, when you brought in that uh, – the guy who started it. Uh, well, Alan, Alan Galbraith uh, started the Concours. Yeah. And his buddy Jay Lamb is really responsible for – The 24 for Hours. For the 24 Hours. Just listening to him talk about the very, very beginnings of it, and I just – I'm like – like, I'm in love. This oh, is, it's the this bastion best thing of ever. everything craptastic. It's so wonderful. And uh, both of these guys are hilarious. I love that I've gotten to meet them, and I know them just a little bit, and they are funny guys. And we've talked about it before on Driven Radio Show, a 24-hour-long endurance race of nothing but sheer crap boxes. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, creating hilarity in <laughs> racing history, kind of. So <laughs> – the way it works, how do you, you start with a $500 car? Cheaper is fine, but no higher. If you've had a car given to you or you manage to dredge it out from underneath a pile of something and you, you make it viable, all the better. <laughs> then you decorate it outrageously. It, and also your team, if you get to, if you wear costumes and you carry the theme through. <laughs> This is important, and it could count for judging points later. Yeah, there are points for that. <laughs> yes, there absolutely are. Uh, you know, you can strap a giant rubber ducky to it or a flying pig, or like the guys from uh, Roadkill do, you can weld a jackass to the roof of the car. And they did. Yes, they did. And now you put it on a racetrack with scores of other half-broken art cars or just crap wagons and drive it as fast as you can for 14 and a half hours or 24 Four hours. hours. <laughs> unbelievable stuff. The 24 Hours of Lemons has been going on since 2006 with a grand prize of a rusted trophy and a $500 bag of nickels. <laughs> oh, God, that's like vengeance on a 7-Eleven. Oh, man. I, I love it. I love these guys. It's a multi-million dollar franchise held in dozens of cities across the U.S., Australia, and New Zealand. Winning is mostly irrelevant. 
you know, if you've got a $500 crap box and you can get that sucker across the finish line, that's really something. It's kind of impressive. That's that's an accomplishment. <laughs> what it, What is actually tested and celebrated is the ability of the resourceful hobbyists, armed with only basic tools and their wits, to revive a worn-out vehicle for a weekend of low-rent, high-speed hijinks. They have different prizes for different categories on the race. And um, one of them, and I cannot remember the name of it, and I think it's unmitigated gall or something along (laughs) – it's it's for the most expensive and heavily depreciated car you can run in the series. Now, everybody who listens to this show and Driven Radio has heard me bitch about my old Mercedes. And rightfully so. That car deserves to be bitched about. Some of the – I've seen more than once people have taken W140 platform S500s and S600s and raced them in lemons. And boy, you want to talk about the most appreciated car when you start north of six figures and you're racing in a $500 car race. (laughs) How the mighty have fallen. How the mighty have become (laughs) ash. Oh my God. So uh, the most recent change to the 24 hours of lemons is electrifying, literally electrifying. (laughs) A year ago, Jay Lamb, God bless him, put up $50,000 to create a prize for the first pure electric car to win any 24 hours of lemons race. 24 hours. 24 hours electric. Mm. To up the ante, electric cars are exempt from the $500 limit, but to retain a certain sense of ethical and moral, moral purity, Lamb said the electric vehicle prize would have to be paid exclusively in nickels <laughs> delivered to the winner's driveway by a dump truck. Oh, God. I don't, it's hard to both want it and not want it at the there's, same time. There's 20 nickels and a dollar, $500. You do the math, folks. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, of the approximately 15,000 cars and lemons racing since 2006, only two have been electric, a converted half-century-old Datsun 1600 oh. equipped with a 23-horsepower forklift powertrain. <laughs> Which was quickly pulled from the race. It was too slow, and it was kind of a hazard for the rest of the field, which runs 55 to 60 miles an hour during a race. A second team fielded an 81 Plymouth Verizon TC3 wired to golf cart batteries. Oh, my God. Uh, Battery chargers previously used for Chinese crop dusting drones were stationed in the team's pit area. Errant electrical fields attracted any of an army of fire ants, which swarmed the lining of the driver's race suit right before he put it on. Dude, have you ever experienced fire ants? On a very limited basis, I've never had a race suit full of them. I lived in Dallas for 10 years, and that was fire ant town. Yeah, no thanks. Population billions, those I, sons of bitches. Oh, I, my God. I will, I will pass. <laughs> Thank you. According to the article, Lamb sees the future of vehicles written in electricity and wants to keep the fun alive in the race a relevant event. Winning lemons with an EV will be more difficult. Really? You, you don't you say? <laughs> uh, it will require an ultra-durable endurance car and an apparatus capable of speedy battery swaps. Blueprints don't exist, and it's the most expensive way to do it. At least it is right now. Some battery swapping strategies that are in the $100,000 price range, pretty heavy for a race that gains five, that features $500 crap boxes. And crap box is right. Now, one of the fun things about lemons, you're allowed to feel just about anything. And there's a guy who's been racing (laughs) there for years who will build cars out of things that aren't cars. Oh, no. Or who will build cars out of things 
that don't look like they're supposed to be cars. <laughs> He's built a car out of an aircraft fuselage. I've seen that thing run. He's built a car out of a boat. He's built a car out of an <laughs> inverted Camaro, possibly my favorite. So it looks like it's racing upside down. <laughs> Lemons. Lemons is a gas, baby. You got If you have not watched any Lemons videos, go to YouTube and check them out. Jay Lamb has the best sense of humor of about any human being there is out there. And he and Alan Galbraith, who spearheads the uh, Concord Lemons, those guys are hysterical. The world is better for having them in it. That is awesome. From journal.classiccars.com, the Volvo P18. Uh, I'm sorry, P1800. You've seen it. I love them. They, I think they are so cool looking. And I, yeah, I, I love my big, you know, mid sixties Mopar bombers, but those little P18s, they're cool. They're, they kind of look like, uh, it's a cross between Danger Mouse's ride and an off brand <laughs> James Bond car. Uh, funny <laughs> you mentioned James Bond. One of the James Bonds, Roger Moore, drove a P1800 in the TV show The Saint. See? 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 It's cool, right? Well, I, let's play seven degrees of or six degrees of Kevin Bacon with cars. Trust me, I can get there. You're there, nailed it. <laughs> Never thought of it as a muscle car, though. Think again. Uh, according to ClassicCars.com, the P1800 is being reborn in carbon and steel with a 420 horsepower engine under the hood. I want one. Oh my God! Sign yes. me up. Sign me up. I'm ready. Now, what you do is you take that classic uh, P1800, you modernize it a little. The lines. Uh, on it are a little smoother, sure, uh, a little more aerodynamic, but not too much. It's still 100% P1800. Then you add a 2.0 liter twin turbocharged four banger. Jesus, they're getting 420 <laughs> out of that. <laughs> now it's not from Volvo, not specifically. I'm sure it's though. not. It's from Cyan Racing, a three-time World Tour Car Champion and former Volvo Vehicle Development Partner. I'm certain it's not from Volvo. You remember Volvo's motto, don't you? Yeah. We're boxy, but, but we're, we're good. good. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, according to uh, uh, one of the founders, Christian Dahl, the Cyan Racing founder and chief executive, uh, he said, quote, Our company was founded in 1996 to race Volvo cars in Sweden, and the Volvo P1800 Cyan is closing the circle for us. The new version also is a solution to what uh, might have been uh, what might have, might have been Volvo's fate had it worked out differently. Dahl said, he, noting that the original P eighteen hundred launched in nineteen sixty, a year before the Jaguar E Type, two years before the Ferrari two fifty GTO, three years before the Porsche nine eleven. But what a cool car! Oh, dude. He also said they have they could have made it electric, but and this is where I just fell in love with the guy, and I'm like, this belongs here. Uh, to quote him. We decided to slow down. I, I should do that in some type of Swedish. We decided to slow down. We decided time. to slow down time. And freeze a part of it. No, I'm not going to do that, doll. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to slow down time and freeze a part of it in our own time capsule to take the best from the golden 60s and combine it with our capabilities of today, keeping a pure yet refined driving experience. I even kind of like this. Uh, and I hate to say this out loud, but, you know, we've got our, our wonderful car remakes, mm. our Challengers, our Mustangs, etc. I really like this. Check it out. Uh, no electronic stability control, no ABS, no oh, brake no booster. nannies. It's just you, the road, 400, 420 horses, and Jesus is your co-pilot. Yeah, so, as, as you cross yourself going into that slide. <laughs> oh, Lord, please save my car. Um, <laughs> please, sweet Jesus, save my butt and my ride. <laughs> 
There's no word on the pricing, of course, at least not in this article and nowhere else that I could find, because I think you learned that when you go in to actually buy it. So I think it's one of those that if you have to ask the price. Yeah. It might, you know, it might not. This might not be for you, yeah. sir. But uh, it's so cool. And you, you'll find links to that at roadmuscleradio.com. Also from journalofclassiccars.com. We have a new online auction platform again. <laughs> you, you don't say Bristol. Another one. Watch me pull an auction out of my hat. <laughs> and that would not be out of line for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> or unexpected. Now, what? I wonder what's going to make this different than any other one. Uh, I don't know, man. But honest to God, the more cars, the better. You know? Yeah. Okay. All right. Don't don't pee where you eat. No, yep. <laughs> but, uh, you know, open that 47 windows across the top of your computer. Go after it, boy. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> the Classic Car Network, the parent company of ClassicCars.com and of the ClassicCars.com journal has started Auto Hunter, an all-new online auction destination for collector cars. Auto Hunter shifts the way you buy, sell, and enjoy collector cars by providing consigners, bidders, and interested enthusiasts with the safety and customer service that only years of experience and online vehicle sales can provide, according to the article. (laughs) I didn't think that was quite coming out of your soul. (laughs) According to the article. (laughs) You should be able to find dozens of collector vehicles listed on Auto Hunter each week and live bidding to registered bidders for a standard seven-day auction. Seven-day auction. The first 15 vehicles will be up for auction for 12 days as part of the grand opening to allow for additional bidding opportunities. One such guarantee protects all winning bids under Auto Hunter's exclusive buyer protection program, which covers losses that could result from unlikely scenarios of seller misrepresentation. Meaning, if the seller lied, they're going to make sure it's right. Nice. Uh, a live customer, a live customer service support team will be available to all customers during regular business hours over the phone and by email. Very cool for vetting. A live customer service and support team will be available to all customers during regular business hours over the phone and by email. Very cool for vetting. Additionally, Auto Hunter offers consigners a dedicated account representative for their listing who will act as a direct liaison for all questions and concerns during the consignment process. So a real human. Yeah, it looks like they're trying to make sure that uh, both sides are covered and have all the help they possibly need. To list a vehicle with Auto Hunter, submit a free no obligation consignment request form on autohunter.com, A-U-T-O-H-U-N-T-E-R.com. No fee will be required until the vehicle is accepted into the auction. Once the vehicle is confirmed for sale, a standard consignment listing fee of $128 is due with no seller commission fee. Let me run that by you again. A standard consignment listing fee of $128 is due with no seller commission fee. That is outstanding. That means you can list your car for $128, and that's the end of it. There are several convenient upgrades available for an additional cost, which include a professional on-site photo shoot, something that's very cool that almost nobody else does of the listing and an option for enhanced marketing. I only know of one other site that does that. I only know of one other site that offers professional photographic services to come to you. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, registering, registering to bid is free 
and can be completed at autohunter.com. The bidder fee on an auction listing is 6.5% of the hammer price with a fee cap at $6,500. Very cool if they wind up with cars that wind that are yep. north of $100,000 at $6,500, and that's all in. Uh, this fee is collected from the winning bidder's account immediately after the winning bid is announced. Visit autohunter.com for all the info. Yay, more places to find cool toys. Uh, always good, always good. And even if you're not bidding or you're not selling, you can certainly get on there and daydream. And God knows, <laughs> none of us have ever done anything. Uh, like no, that. no, no, no. Maybe I can finally leave Facebook. You know how for much time I killed on Bring a Trailer this morning? <laughs> this morning. <laughs> this morning. Yeah. There's. Yeah. I. I'm not kidding. Uh, by nine o'clock this morning, I had. 20 some odd bring a trailer windows open just going maybe uh, maybe oh my kids don't need to go to art school they can go to community college <laughs> you can grow up hard like i did <laughs> you know, i'll tell you what man if if i if i didn't have to pay for art college i'd probably have a lot more cars <laughs> love you honey love you you're gonna you're gonna be an amazing artist <laughs> I, i'll tell you a quick little story uh, little Miss Jaden, before she went to art school, a couple of years beforehand, uh, she was aiming for Kansas City Art Institute all the way through high school. Knew that's what uh -huh. she wanted to do. Knew that's where she was headed. And her talent certainly deserved it. And I brought Vlad the Impaler home and showed her for the first time. And joking around, I said, this is why you're going to community college. And she thought I was serious. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. There was oh. a whole lot of hate thrown at that car. <laughs> Lots of shade. Lots of shade. <laughs> it's hard to be young. <laughs> well, you can find links to these stories and more on our blog at roadmuscleradio.com. Coming up in our second segment, going to be three interviews captured at Greaserama, along with the sounds of a 55 Chevy Gasser, a 59 Edsel, which was amazingly not loud, by the way, so smooth, surprised me, and a surprising custom classic that I had no idea what kind of car it was, and when he said it, I was like, uh? <laughs> Stick around, we got more Road Muscle Radio coming up. back with Road Muscle Radio. You can find us on the web at roadmuscleradio.com, on Twitter at Road Muscle Radio, and on Facebook. Now, if you, uh, if you know somebody that's got a cool story or a cool car or a very cool new kind of product thing uh, for... Product thing. Product thing. Always looking for a product thing. Do you have a product thing? <laughs> I'd love to talk about your product thing. Just send us an email at driver at roadmuscleradio.com. We'll see about having them for an interview. Greaserama. 20 years of Greaserama. They just, uh, this past weekend, Labor Day weekend, celebrated their 20th year. Now, it's a hell of a thing to do. That's amazing how big that's gotten. Fall is one of my favorite times of year for all the cool stuff that goes on, and they crapped on almost all of it. But God bless the people at Greaserama. They went ahead, they held it, and it was outstanding. Yes, it was. And I just God bless them for, for keeping the faith. And uh, carrying through with the show, uh, hats hats off to everybody over there. And uh, man, what a cool deal! 
Now, I've been hanging on to all my pictures until the show came out. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to find, if you go to roadmuscleradio.com. Oh, you photo whore, you. You can find a photo. (laughs) Go look at the pics and clicks page. Because uh, I took a bunch of pics of cars that I liked Mm -hmm. because me. And like I said in segment one, because I was sweating my ass off and I started copping an attitude. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, this is going to be me day. This is all about me because I'm dying. Well, here's the upside to you sweating your ass off. Nobody could see the drool on your shirt. You know, that's true. A lot of cars, a lot of great people. And I got three interviews that I really enjoyed and got to walk to the back of some really cool cars and get some blah, blah, blah. blah. (laughs) uh, Let me share that with you now. We are live at Greaserama. The number of amazing vehicles out here, uh, it's stellar. And, of course, being Catfish Groves, I love the big boats, and I love the cool ones that are a little on the uh, sidelines, the uh, unspoken heroes. I am in front of an Edsel, a 1959 Edsel. It's black on red, stunning. I'm here with the owner, Rodney Creed. And, Rodney, uh, this is an amazing-looking car. uh, It just shines like a diamond. Is this how you got it originally? No, uh, actually, it was kind of a sad story. Uh, the gentleman who started restoring this car got cancer and passed away, and uh, it kind of got passed down through the hands, and uh, I picked it up and, and brought it to its, its glory it is today. So when you went to, uh, to buy it, tell us a story about how that happened, because I, if I remember right, it wasn't exactly all in one piece. No, no. The, uh, like I say, the, it, the gentleman had started doing restoration and and fell ill and uh like anything else it kind of got shoved to the back and there's bits and pieces of it here and there and and uh you know when he passed away it went through his estate sale and it was uh uh sold off at the estate sale and it was kind of a basket case and uh, they just sold it as that and you picked up the pieces and you move forward now, what all did you have to do to it? Uh, obviously, you had to put it back together, but uh, was it like from the ground up? Was it halfway there? It was about halfway there. Uh, the The drivetrain had all been redone in it, and uh, I was shocked to find out, you know, that the uh, when I started looking into it, the uh, the motor and everything had been completely redone in it. Um, I did have to redo the the interior and uh, do all the trim trim on the in the. Uh, Wow, that thing's loud. <laughs> Welcome to Greaserama, everybody. <laughs> but uh, I had to finish out underneath the hood and the trunk and ba- basically do everything outside of the body work on it. Now, what is it? Uh, what does it have under the hood? What are you What are you pushing there? It is a, a, the uh, the engine and transmission are actually out of Edsel Villager, uh, which is a, the station wagon version. Uh, these. Sedans came out with a 292 Y block in them, and the the uh, uh, station wagons came out with a 332 FE motor in them, which had a three-speed transmission behind them. So that's what it's got in it, and gives it a little bit little bit more cruising ability down the, the interstate. Now with uh, the Edsels, you know they all had that that reputation. It was uh, uh, Ford Junior's love and <laughs> nightmare. How has it been for you? What's, how long? Well, one, how long you've been driving it on the road, and how has the experience been? Oh, I've had I've been driving it for a little over two years, and I tell you what, it's it's probably the most enjoyable thing you can do today. Uh, you know, if you have a bad day, you get in it, roll down the windows, turn on the radio, and just drive. And you know, everybody that you you run across, it just puts a smile on their face. So it's it's it, it kind of perks your day up. 
Well, it's a beautiful vehicle. I have enjoyed looking at it. Love the split pipes. Would you mind starting it up? Sure. Can I give a listen to the rumble? Sure. Oh, it's so quiet. It, it, the uh, uh, the exhaust on it is is factory what 59 came out with. So it ha- it has uh, silencers on the exhaust also. So it really keeps it keeps the noise down, makes it a nice quiet ride. It is running right now. I'm going to get to the back pipes. But uh Ah, uh, that's the sound I like. That little <laughs> la, 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 la. How fast have you had it? Uh, you know, speed limit's only 70, so, you know. Allegedly, how fast have you had it? Oh, between 95 and 100. Does it just float? Just floats like a cloud. Uh, Rodney, it is beautiful. Thank you so much for letting us talk oh, to you today. My pleasure. We're here live at Greaserama. If you like drag racing, this is, this is your place to be. Not only are there classics and gassers and... and uh, rat rods and hot rods and beautiful cars. There's something like the old outhouse rat. I'm talking with Jim Detler from Hummiston, Iowa. Jim owns the old outhouse rat. And what exactly is the old outhouse, outhouse rat? It is a 1955 Chevy Gasser drag car. This thing is a beast. What what have you got cooking under the hood? It's got a 454 big block Chevy engine in it, 30 over. It's a 468 cubic inch. How long have you had it? I've had it five years. And have you had it out on the strip? Yes. How'd you do? It'll run 550. Dang, that's all right. Now, I love what you've done with it. It's flat black. You've got a monster rat painted onto the sides. Uh, what kind of meat are you rolling there on the back? God, those are huge. They're 30.3015 tires. Now, is this your first uh, gasser or is this uh, the latest one? My first gasser. What's it like riding in one of these things? It's a lot of fun, and it's a little violent, and it gets a little out of control. Now, I noticed the wheelie bars, and you've got the chute on it. What's it like rolling to a stop in one of these things? Are you just like, oh, thank God I survived, or what? Yeah, it has an NHRA sticker at 8.5 seconds and a quarter mile. That's a lot. That'll shove you right in the back of that seat. That's right. That's why they recommend you have to have a parachute. And you have to have a 12-point roll cage with a funny car cage in it. Now, how did this car start out before it became a gasser? Well, I bought it uh, up in Iowa, and it was a drag car. And I worked on it for two years and built it into a gasser. Would you mind starting it up for me? I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I could start it up. I'd be fine. That's awesome. Now, I, I saw that you you have to put the steering wheel on as a safety measure, right? Yes. I can start with the steering wheel off, but I always put the steering wheel on in case I would happen to have a problem. I'd have, <laughs> have somewhat control of it. You are a smarter man than I am. Well done. This is a fantastic vehicle. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Okay, thank you.
As we continue our cruise around Greece-Arama, I have walked by this vehicle a couple of times, and I just, I had to stop and find out about it, especially because Animal is apparently the uh, chauffeur for this car. It's John Barr is the owner, and John, what are we looking at here? 1936 Hudson Terraplane Business Coupe. Now, this is something you don't see ever. A Hudson in the first place, and then it's the Terraplane Business Coupe. It's friggin' beautiful. Now... It's a little altered from the original. If you're listening to this right now and you're looking it up on the web, this isn't this isn't quite original. What all was done to it even before you got it? Oh, man, it was a drag car in Salt Lake City, Utah when I got it. Uh, they chopped the top six inches, put a narrowed rear, original steel car, original steel frame. They put a Mustang front end under it, and uh, they had a big block in it, so they were drag racing it when I got it. John, did you ever get to take it down the dragway while it was still in its uh, previous condition before you got it? Uh, n- well, with the big block, yeah, I didn't take it down the dragway, but I did take it down Kansas City's uh, racetrack and had a hell of a time keeping it up on the top of the wall because it's big tires on the back. They don't like going around a circle, but... <laughs> That is an awful lot of meat to try to pull around in, in any kind of cur- curve or turn. Now, you were talking about it chopped six inches from the top. It's lowered even a little more in the front, so it's just got this wicked rake to uh, uh, to the, the, the top of the car. But you were saying the rear windows are still original. Still original, yep. Trunk's still original, rear quarters. Uh, they change the taillights, stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, from the back, it looks like a 40 Ford or a 40 Chevy. You know, it had that really cool Willys look to it. Yeah. That's why I liked it. So, And it even has suicide doors. It's a two-door. It's suicide doors, and they're original. Now, you bought it as a dragster. What all did you have to do to it to be able to drive it like you did today? Well, I pulled a big block out, put a small block in it, made it more drivable, uh, power steering, power brakes. And I've had it all over. I've had St. Louis. I've had it to Minneapolis, Minnesota. I've had it Quincy, Illinois, a lot of rod runs. So... It's a cool car. I've owned it over 25 years and had a ball with this thing. The neatest thing about it is you don't see them. I've been riding for 40 years, and I've seen only one other one. It was in Davenport, Iowa, and it was yellow and white. So, I uh, I got to admit, I haven't seen a Hudson yet. Would it be okay? Would you start it up for us? Sure. All right, here we go. So we got a four barrel cooking, and let's get to the back and listen to the rumble. Got tasty twins out the back with the chrome tips. Just a gorgeous car. And uh, where did you get the uh, spider webs from? I'm, uh, a buddy of mine made those for me. I wanted something to kind of fill in the grill. I took it to a car show up in Omaha. Uh, in October for Oktoberfest up there and I wanted something that looked kind of a, had that October theme to it so we made the spider webs kind of look cool filled in the center I don't have I don't have the centers they weren't with the car so I don't have to pop the hood of the car so I just drive in park it and get out you know power steering lots of power and truly unique thank you so much for letting Road Muscle Radio talk to you today no problem appreciate it thank you very much Mark so that guy took a drag car 20 some odd years ago and turned it into this this gorgeous car that I got to stand next to. One of the funny things that I didn't record because, of course, we talked afterwards. Every after every single one of these sure. interviews, we had some chats. The uh, uh, the wonderful gentleman and his wife with the '59 Edsel, they uh, they went to a small town. One of the things I love to do going to small towns in the Midwest. I love 
just checking out the places and, and what little bits of stories and history you can find there. They were looking for a historic person in this tiny ass town in Missouri, ended up not finding that person's house, but there's that person's son's house. And the nice, very old lady who lived there uh, invited them in for a tour. No kidding. And they went in, and the remarkable thing about that, I mean, that's really kind of surprising these days, especially these days. Yeah. But uh, Don't touch me, you bastard. What did they find in there? But original Edouard Munch drawings. Oh. There were sketches on the wall that had been given to her father because he was a roommate with Edouard Munch uh, back in the day. And uh, I'm sorry, it was her grandfather. Uh, back in the day, and he went on to be a lawyer, and Edvard needed law help, so he would trade artwork in the son of a bitch. That is so They weird. had originals, like, uh, you know, quarter million dollars, for, and who knows if those even have been ever uh, cataloged. That's amazing. By a stuff. museum. So stuff like that. And then the fellow with the, uh, uh, with the car we talked about, the last one that had been a, um, a dragster, for his wife, for her birthday about five years ago. Got her a 70 Super B. <laughs> I, oh, I told, that's too cool. I told and, her and she that, needs to hang on to him and show him love. That mean, <laughs> And that means the wife has a good egg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was funny. Uh, just the nicest people. So cool. And, and it's that's what makes it so fun, sharing the stories and being able to share time with people like you that are listening. Uh, as we yak about grease, gears, and cool car stuff, there's nothing like going on a fun ride, especially with buds. Be sure to visit us on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio at RoadMuscleRadio.com and on Twitter. I'm Catfish Groves. I am Brett Hatfield. And we'll catch you down the road on Road Muscle Radio. Road Muscle Radio.